living on the west side, cause it's why I stay I just made a thousand, blew it in your face I've been going in, oh, I'ma close the case I can't wait no more, man, I gotta blow the day I've been on the west side, cause it's why I stay I just made a thousand, Hello, and thank you for joining us on Building Greatness the Warrior Way, a Westcliff University Athletics podcast. As always, I'm joined by our Dean of Athletics, Sean Harris. Yay, yay. And I'm Sherm Dog, David Shermet, the head baseball coach at Westcliff University. We've got a big show today, including one very special guest who will be on momentarily. But as we usually do, we like to start off things with our fast, fun facts. And in honor of our Dean of Athletics today, again, we're right in your wheelhouse. I've got a lot of fun facts about the Marine Corps. Maybe some stuff, okay. okay? Maybe some stuff you knew, maybe some stuff you didn't know. We'll have to find out. Things like the Marine Corps technically has two birthdays. And the United States Marine Corps originally formed November 10th, 1775 and named the Continental Marines. But right. yep, the Marines were initially founded solely to aid in revolutionary war uh, efforts. They were disbanded in April of 1783. However, they were resurrected July 11th, 1798, under their present name, the United States Marine Corps. I bring this up. Devil Dogs. Oorah. Let's go. I bring this up because, Sean, you want to tell us? Because I am a Marine. Exactly. I'm not a former Marine. I still still am a Marine. Okay. All right. Uh, According to legend. At heart. According to, yeah, well, you never say an ex-military, your former military. or your Former. Yep. Always. Former or current. Uh, according to legend, the first Marine Corps recruitment took place in a bar called the Tun Tavern in Philadelphia. And the phrase, a few good men, actually originated in 1779. March 20th, in fact, Captain William Jones of the Continental Marines placed a recruiting advertisement in the Providence Gazette stating the Continental ship Providence, now lying at Boston, is bound on a short cruise. Immediately, a few good men are wanted to make up her compliment. So it actually goes back a lot further. Gary Sinise is an honorary Marine. And the reason he is an honorary Marine is because he played Lieutenant Dan in Forrest Gump. And he went on to form the Lieutenant Dan Band with the goal of raising money for wounded veterans, boosting morale. Gotta love that. Yep. Gotta love that. Boosting morale on military bases and spreading awareness. There's some really neat stuff here about the Marines. Things that you know, you don't, I never really knew this much until I had to look it up. And uh, I'm, I'm doing it for a variety of reasons. The one at the very bottom we're going to get to in particular. Uh, and of course, the motto Semper Fi is shortened from the- Semper Fi, exactly, always faithful, baby. Exactly, Semper Fidelis, which means always faithful. In 1888, John Philip Sousa wrote the march Semper Fidelis, the official march of the United States Marine Corps. Do you know what the mascot, the official Marines mascot is? Bulldog? It is the English Come on, man. bulldog, the devil Let's dogs, go. referred to the devil dogs in devil World dogs. War One. Very typhoonden, very typhoonden in German. Very well done. There's so much here, but you know I could keep going on and on. But here's the one I really want to get to. As of uh, okay. yeah, as of uh, last year, retired Marines have collected over 500 million toys for children in need. While most people right. have toys for exactly tots? most people have heard of toys yes. for tots, but many don't realize that the organization is actually a United States Marine Corps Reserve mission. The organization was founded in 1947 when Major Bill Hendricks was inspired by his wife to gather a group of Los Angeles-based Marine reservists with the goal of collecting toys to be distributed to family, uh, families. The group wound up collecting over 5,000 toys that first year and made Toys for Tots 
a national effort the following year. So the Marines, part of our five C's, that third C, making a tremendous impact in the community. Just some fast facts. Yes, sir. Yep, some fast facts about the Marines. There are a lot more, I'll tell you, but we do have to get to our very special guest coming up. And now we are joined by a very special guest, Al Hondo Handy, who is a very prominent man, not just in the Northeast and the state of Maryland, but all across the United States. And we are also fortunate that he is here. He is so incredibly busy with all of the things he's working on. He also counts himself as a mentor to our Dean of Athletics, Sean Harris. Sir, it's great to have you on today. Thank you for joining us. Thank you very much. I'm so happy to join you. Well, it's our pleasure, really. And again, uh, don't be afraid to tell us some skeletons about Sean Harris, because there's a lot we don't know. So I certainly sure, hope... dog. I, I, I know you would like to hear all my skeletons. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm, I'm just, just gonna, gonna start making stuff up, whether it's true or not. But uh, you know, I know you have known Sean for a great deal of time. Can you tell us a little bit about how you met and your history with him? Well, Sean actually is a uh, family member. Uh, so he grew up across the street from me. Um, I mean, literally uh, 20 steps is where his uh, family uh, uh, lives uh, for my father. And uh, Sean was a young, young gentleman when I, I started taking a, uh, you know, interest in him. And uh, we would go and take our, our morning ride, uh, especially on Saturdays, to uh, uh, McDonald's. He looked forward egg, to that every every year. Uh, egg McMuffin, I used to get it every time. Same order. <laughs> <laughs> the egg McMuffin deal. And uh, come back and, and try to get into a few things uh around the community. Uh but everything um it was was really positive. So I'm sorry to disappoint you. I don't have a lot a lot of harsh things to say. Uh Sean might wanna uh, give up some himself, but uh, I don't have a lot of bad things to say about Sean. He was well, a good kid. You know what? I, I appreciate that. You know, Hondo, I mean, um, Hondo, I literally known Hondo uh, before I knew who I, I I became and who I am you know, today. Uh, that's how influential um, he has been to me. I can't remember a memory without him. I mean, his mom used to take care of me when I was a kid. So I, I pretty much grew up in their household as well. But I mean, those morning rides on Saturday to get an Egg McMuffin and for him to pour into me as a young man was uh, very, very instru instrumental in my growth and who I am today. I mean, I will tell you that we need people in the community as prominent as Hondo. Um, I, I like to call them, you know, gap fillers. You know, uh, he, he filled a time in my life where my dad was, was absent and he filled in the gap. So he became a father figure for me. And, and Sharma, I, I think we have statistics on that for single, you know, um, family homes, uh, especially for African-Americans. Uh, what, what's that uh, stat line there, Sherm? Uh, Just so we can let our listeners know how, how important this is. Okay. The number of black single mothers in the United States between 1990 and 2018, I believe, uh, were, let's see, 3.4 million, but recently it's now over four. It's 4.04 .04 million. Black families, right. yeah, yeah, right. The Single parent homes, so no, so no fathers in the household, and and this predates that, right? This predates that, so they probably wasn't even taking um, account for this during the time that Hondo was mentoring me, you know. So uh, this is well in the early '80s, you know, going into the '90s. So 
I mean, you know, I, I owe this man a tremendous a lot of uh, of respect and and deference and and things that he's done. But he's not only did it for me; he's did it for other people in the community. You know, I just was fortunate enough to be able to uh, have him in my life and him to direct me in the right way. And it's funny that, ironically, it was driven, you know, through sports, you know, which has been a a, a big part of Hondo's life and the way that he's actually touched the community in so many different ways. Did he ever coach you directly on a team? You know what? I can't remember if he ever coached me directly on a team, but we were in his league. So he had a league, a basketball league that he formed um, in, in, amongst other leagues. But, you know, that I can remember. And um, I used to play on one of the teams there. And, and he, he, he pretty much introduced me to the game of basketball that I love. Yeah, we had, uh, we had a, a league that Sean participated in. So I had to coach all of the kids at one time, really, um, before we actually – decided to form teams. It was called the Berlin Municipal Youth Basketball League. And uh, that was just a community league, but it was um, uh, absolutely necessary uh, uh, during that time for the kids to, during the summer because they had very little, if anything, to do that was organized. Um, um, back then, we didn't have the AAU. We didn't have all those things. So uh, uh, when I came back from college, I thought that was – something I needed to do for the community and it certainly worked well for a number of years. And, uh, you know, we have all kinds of kids uh, that are out there doing things such as Sean and Andre Foreman who played in and he's now, he's the uh, division three all time leading scorer. And he was there playing with Sean and um, uh, so many other uh, kids that moved on and uh, used sports uh, to uh, actually lead them in their, in their lives. Hmm. Uh, yeah, Hondo Hondo was the first example that I've seen of someone go to college and come back and contribute back uh, tremendously to their community. So, you know, not only did I have him internally, you know, the world and the area of 2811, which is Berlin, Maryland, and, and Ocean City, Maryland, was able to get him externally, too. And he, he discovered a lot of talent in that area. Well, sure. okay, you know, this This is the third of our five C's while making a tremendous impact in the community. And so, um, you know, I'm not sure if, if uh, does our guest today, does Hondo know about the five C's? No, no, you can tell him about okay. the five C's. Uh, uh, well, I've heard it on the podcast, though. Oh, you've heard it? Oh, good, okay. So, you know, we're looking for great athletes with superior character who can establish an exceptional culture while making a tremendous impact in the community by being fully committed to excellence, which will translate to championships. It's that third line in particular, um, while making a tremendous impact in the community. I wanted to ask you, Hondo, what was your motivation for that? Was it just because there was a lack of anything like that at the time? Or did you always say, you know what, I'm going to make my mark working with young people? Well, you know, I was, I was always active in, uh, in sports and uh, in, uh, in high school and in the area and in college. Um, but, uh, my mother actually said that, you know, you, you need to give back as much as you can, even though we didn't have a lot to give ourselves. And this, this was something I knew that I had the expertise in. And I said, I will, you know, let me try to get all the youth in the area together and, uh, see if we can start a bonding thing. Uh, and that would be with, uh, youth, uh, youth basketball. And, uh, it, it was a tremendous impact. We had, uh, for the first time ever, uh, you know, we, we uh, had 
I think, eight businesses in our town involved in the recreation program. The town of, Ocean, town of Berlin uh, decided they would uh, pay for our insurance, uh, let us use the facilities at no cost, uh, come out and throw up the first basketball for the, uh, for the league. It was a tremendous benefit for our uh, uh, community and our little area, but also for our town and uh, uh, for uh, actually for the state of Maryland. That was one of the first small organizations started. Yeah, the outreach, unbelievable. I mean, you, you start with a grassroots program and then hopefully you have a chance to grow it and it has grown exponentially. You're you know, Obviously, some of the organizations you're working with now started with a small idea and now they're national and international, as a matter of fact. You know, uh, you had mentioned about um, Sean and uh, the early days, like going to McDonald's. What do, you re- what do you remember about him on the basketball court? What's your earliest memory of him? Uh, my earliest memories were uh, him jumping the ditch, uh, trying to get to that court early as possible uh, to try and improve his game. We had a big ditch uh, in front of his house that he had to leap across. He could have walked all the way down the street and around the corner, but if you jump that ditch, you're on the court very soon. So he, he wanted to try and learn the game of basketball. He mm-hmm. couldn't understand why he couldn't do this, couldn't do that, but he continued to work at it. And continue to work on it sometimes on his, on his own. So when the Saturday uh, games came, he was he was ready. He he worked hard. Oh. He did. He worked hard, and he was um, very, uh, very. He was a family kid. I mean, everybody in the area knew Sean, and um, he was very respectable to his elders. And uh, I mean, he was a he was probably the smallest kid in the area. So in our little areas. So, Everybody left y'all. Hmm. Okay. Now I have to um, I have to ask you a question, and this might resonate with me for the rest of the time that we do this podcast. So you're going to have to choose your words carefully here. Was Sean okay? Was Sean a good athlete? Sean was a very good athlete. Darn it. Okay. <laughs> I, was, I was hoping it was something I could use for the next couple of years while we're doing this podcast, but he's a good athlete. He was a very good athlete, okay. especially uh, playing ball for our, our local high school, Steve Decatur. Uh, he was in that starting five of get course. And uh, he had good. good. Sean, do you remember having to leap that, that ravine or that creek by your house? Yeah. 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 Okay. I mean, listen, man, this is uh this is before, you know, the Vertimax, baby. I mean, we had to get the hops right. I mean, you know, but that that was the first. I mean, this ditch wasn't small either. Let's, I mean, you had to get a running start just to get across. But, you know, um, that was the fastest route to the to the court. And we tried to get there. And, um, you know, I learned some great life lessons, you know, early. You know, how to compete. You know, how to carry yourself as a professional. You know, Hondo, you know, uh, taught all those things. And and he, he got other people's involved. He he showed me how to galvanize the community. And, and really, I mean, that's the basis of our success here at, at uh, Westcliff. You know, just my ability to do that. I did it personally on the side with my own leadership academies. But it was because I had a chance uh, up close and personal to, to witness it from one of the legends, one of the greats. He's an icon in my community. He's an icon, you know. Uh, across the United States and, and the impact that he has on youth sports and just people in general, as you can see, you know, during our interview. But one thing I do want to bring up, which is 
really, 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 really important, especially in this time of injustice. I, I want Hondo to uh, share uh, his plight um, because, you know, Stephen Decatur Berlin was was segregated for a long time. And, and it was uh, um, a Highway 113, you know, that kind of separated, you know, the city in between where the blacks, you know, stayed on one side and the whites stayed on the other. And the only time that the, the blacks actually went into, um, you know, to the, the town was, was pretty much maid service and, and other odd jobs like that. It was very, very segregated. Um, it's a place called Cambridge, Maryland. It's about 60 miles from, from um, where we grew up, which is where Harriet Tubman was born. You know, so very much a part of the Underground Railroad. But he has a unique story about him being one of the first students to integrate into the high school that I graduated from and we both are alums from. So, Hondo, can you share that story with our listeners? Uh, yes, right. I mean, I mean, really right down the street from where Sean lived and I lived was our elementary school. It was an all-black all school, and it was called the Flower Street Elementary School. And um, from first grade to sixth grade, I attended uh, Flower Street along with my friends, uh, good friends, uh, Ron Dixon and Oliver Purnell, who incidentally was a head coach at Clemson University in, in DePaul. But um, in the sixth grade, we got information uh, that we were supposed to take home to our parents that said, hey, the next few years, um, uh, the schools will be integrated. This school will be closed. All, uh, you know, black one school that was all black, it was Worcester High School for high school students. That school is going to be closed. It's going to be integrated. But, uh, you know, it's going to be in a few years. So we were in the sixth grade, and uh, uh, they said, but you can decide if you want to come now uh, or you can wait until you have to come. So uh, my friends, uh, again, uh, for now, and, and uh, uh, Dixon decided, Let's, let's go to uh, Stephen Decatur. You know, after all, the year before, uh, my cousin Larry Waples was the first student to go to Stephen Decatur High School, and he went a full year all by himself. So you can imagine uh, some mm -hmm. of the things that probably happened to him. I don't want to talk about those right now, but uh, the next year we decided to go that brought together a, a total of six blacks in the in Stephen Decatur. And um, I tell you, sometimes as we walked down the halls, uh, we felt like we were in the school all by ourselves because we never got to see our friends until the end of the school when the bell rang again. Uh, but, you know, make a long story short, um, uh, with we got to play basketball because we couldn't play basketball right away because that was our love. But before we, when we, um, we got to play basketball and we were in the ninth, 10th grade, um, we went to the state championship in uh, Cole Fieldhouse in Maryland. Uh, and then the next year, our team was pretty good. And for the first time, uh, we started to see blacks and whites coming to the games together. Uh, blacks and whites setting together, talking about the games. Um, and then when we we won all those games and went to the University of Maryland College Park and won the state championship, um, that really was the start of our towns, Ocean City, Maryland, and Burley, Maryland, 
starting to come together. That was the first time that uh, blacks and white started to recognize in each other and actually tell you to becoming friends. So um, uh, ironically, uh, Sean, something you don't know, I ended up going to Salisbury University, Salisbury State College then, and uh, I hadn't started all over, but I was used to it. Because at that time, was there, there was only 31 blacks at Salisbury State in the entire, entire uh, campus. And um, so, uh, you know, I, I, I've seen it, I've come through it, and uh, I've learned from it, and it's, it's made me a better person. Um, and by the way, the Harry Tubman story, uh, the young lady that was uh, on the first black student union with me at Salisbury State College, then Salisbury University now, um, uh, we were uh, treasurers and secretaries uh, uh, for that organization. Uh, she, uh, her name is Vicki uh, Stanley. Uh, she's now the mayor of Cambridge. Wow, wow. Huge, huge. So I just wanted to share with our listeners, like, it's a lot of Remember the Titans, you know, um, stories out there. And, and I, I was fortunate enough to have a story like that in my hometown that paved the way for me. So I can go uh, to that school, which was one of the best schools, you know, in the area and actually get an education. But if it wasn't from him and his friend, I think it was about five of you guys, wasn't it, Honda? Yeah, paved the way. I mean, you know, one person, you know, was the sacrificial lamb, you know, and, and Mr. Waples and then everyone else followed behind that. But it just shows you how powerful sports is and, and how it's important to our society and to, you know, our country. And, and if we're going to heal in the area of social, you know, injustice, it's very, very important that we recognize our athletes who are setting the tone for that, because normally that change does come from, you know, athletes who, who brave and, and persevere on the high stage and use their platform in the right direction. And, and, and I know that this year, you know, we're going to have warriors, you know, from Westcliff doing the same thing. You know, they're going to uh, use their platform for the right the right reasons. So, uh, Hondo, I just want to commend you for, for persevering through that. A lot of people would have tapped out, you know, through in the white towel. You, you know, we don't own any white towels. You know, so I just, when I say that, I mean that, you know, for our university. Because as you can see, a testament is, you know, we don't have any. Where I came from, we don't own them. You just you just you just you just uh, tighten up your bootstraps and you get climbing the hill and and that's what we do, you know in Berlin and Hondo has done that his whole life and been able to translate that to the youth that he has impacted. So thank you, sir, for doing that. Well, Charlie, one other thing I I like to let you guys know about there was a program at Flyer Street Elementary School. It was called the Patrolman's Program, and it was like a, like a military belt that you wore every day. To, you were happy to have one because you open the doors, help the teachers, help the students get to their class, help them do some of the things that crossing guards do now. But we had such a small community that we were able to walk kids across the street. And, um, it, you know, there was a number of us that were um, in the program. It was called a patrolman's program. But there were three uh, lieutenants in that program, and there were two captains. To make a real long story short, those three, five people I just mentioned went to Steve Nicator and they were the starting five for the state basketball team. So, um, you know, starting young is, is where it's at. And um, um, I'm so happy that uh, 
we had a chance to go to Stephen K. and I still love that school. Hmm. Hmm. Amen to that, brother. A tremendous Amen. amount of social change. And it, as you mentioned, Sean, um, it took sports to do that. Sport, I mean, there, obviously there are big moments in history in civil rights, but it seems like sports is one thing that brings us together. There's not as much Absolutely. rhetoric in sports. You watch what's happening on the field, you watch what's happening on the court, and you start to root, and you root together. You don't have to stand on opposite sides and shout at each other, but you're all there for a common cause, and it's sports is the one thing that's linking everybody and kind of keeping it sane, I guess you might say. Absolutely. Yeah. Sports yeah. right now is missing, and I think it's mm. almost driving people crazy, but you <laughs> see what's happening in the absence of sports. It's, yeah. valuable. it's valuable, to, valuable to our life. Absolutely. Um, you know, we were talking a little bit about now and what's happening with sports. I know you've had quite a career, obviously. Uh, you know, you were with Ocean City Recreation and Parks Department for uh, almost 40 years. Um, you you have your civic duty is unmatched. It's unbelievable. Your list of accolades goes on and on. I want to talk a little bit about some of the things you're working on today, uh, in particular, uh, the National Alliance for Youth Sports, the NAES. And uh, I know you're a certified youth sports administrator, uh, and uh, I know you're doing a great deal with that organization. Can you tell us a little bit more about it? Well, uh, I've been uh, involved with the organization for the uh, Ocean City Recreation Department for over 30 years. Uh, but, you know, actually now I have retired, officially retired. Um, and so I became a representative of the National Alliance for Youth Sports. I'm the Mid-Atlantic uh, Regional Representative, which uh, is, is supposed to be uh, Virginia, Maryland, and Delaware, but I'm really across any, anywhere across the nation. Um, but uh, it's an organization that uh, works with over 3,000 uh, recreation departments, uh, agencies, uh, military bases across the world, trying to get... Uh, uh, all these uh, different uh, coaches and uh, and even we have programs with officials and parents on the same line um, because uh, it's valuable uh, for the kids. We don't want the wrong people coaching their kids. We want all those guys to be background checked. Uh, sometimes they just walk on. You need a volunteer so so uh, so bad. You allow them to play. Uh, we don't even allow. Uh, 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 we didn't even allow people to walk on if they hadn't been background checked. You know, you want you want to volunteer, yes, but not right now. We'll come in and get to get everything covered, your background, your certification. So if we do need you, you're qualified. So uh, there has been so many uh, problems, uh, uh, vandalism, uh, sexual abuse. We need to have those uh, uh, things done for we allow uh, the adult to coach our kids uh, on the field or even on the court. Yeah, and now I understand why when you joined Westcliff, you have to do a background check. Sean decided that was one of the first initiatives we were going to do as soon as you joined. So everyone who comes into our athletic department must pass a background check. It's too difficult after the fact to find out that there was abuse going on when we didn't do our due diligence. So, yeah. Yeah. Yep. And you hear about it well after the fact and some terrible things were going on. And so, um, you know, obviously that's one of those things that we have to keep an eye on. And it unfortunately continues way too much. Uh, and not just in sports and other organizations as well. It's hard to do background checks. But, uh, you know, it, it's uh, one of those things that's absolutely necessary. And I know Nays 
which is um, not just national. NASE is a little bit global, aren't they? Don't they they help work across the world with uh, donations and? Yes, um, uh, we uh, we had a, a global year drive uh, program that uh, collected new and used equipment from uh, agencies across the United States, and we shipped them to uh, underprivileged kids uh, around the world. And uh, you know, actually, I have a, a photo in in my office here that. Uh, uh, kids sent back, and somebody took it. It was in Zambia, and it has hunt. And what we would do would write our names on the balls and the different things that we sent over, and just the hopes that you'd see it again. And I actually had one back with a kid holding a ball, and says, uh, uh, "Hondo, he's in Zambia." My goodness, I love, I love that. I said, oh, we, "Our mission is good," but oh you know, Nays Nays also provides educational programs, resources for coaches. You know, when a coach comes up and he's all, we got them all certified and everything. But I don't know how, I don't really know anything about basketball. But NAIS applies all these things for you so you can learn. And if you, you know, say you want to drill for that night, you can, and I don't know what I'm going to practice with. Just go on and NAIS, pick a drill, it's all there for you, print it out, and go to, go to your practice. So no, we apply things to help pick, uh, the non athletic parent to, to uh, become a coach and, also, not only just uh, background and certification, but uh, educational programs for uh, for parents also, uh, because there's a lot of first-time parents. We even have programs for parents, because there's a lot of programs called Start Smart programs. Uh, those parents do not even know how to throw a ball themselves. So we have programs that so parents and kids can uh, get the basics down before they try to play uh, baseball and uh, have never uh, even caught a ball. I don't even know how to throw a ball. do we, we really like that because, you know, at the collegiate level, we want them to have a little bit of skill set, you know, so we can recruit them. So they definitely uh, need to get that uh, going. But Sherm, one thing I do uh, want us to talk about real quick is, you know, Hondo, you know, being the legend that he is, not only has impacted a lot of the youth, but he's impacted Maryland legislatively as well. So he's been a part of some legislation in Maryland that he spearheaded. Uh, Hondo, can you tell us a little bit about that? Well, you know, um, one of the things I've always uh, I've done um, with, with youth sports is try to promote good sportsmanship. Uh, trying to tell, that, uh, tell the kids that uh, it's more uh, valuable to uh, learn how to take a loss than it is to uh, you know, uh, uh, take a win and grab about it. Sherm needs some of that uh, training there. Sherm takes plenty of losses. So if you ever need someone to speak to the kids about losing, Sherm would be a great person. Uh, may I remind you that baseball was 19 and 8 this year? Uh, that's a team sport. I'm talking about individual. Oh, I see. You, okay. you, you take losses. The team doesn't. Okay. You do. Well, I- <laughs> I'm putting team ahead of myself. Yeah, uh, that's what losers do. You know, the, really, it, it's a common trait of losers. Always, always putting their individually accolades in front of the team. No, no, but, I said I put well, team in front of myself. Oh no, oh, I know you misspoke. Don't worry. No, about no, it, that's Sherman. what I, I said. Make sure to, I just wanted Jeez, to listen. No, to no, the losers, the losers. You see what I have to deal with here, Hondo? Every <laughs> every time we do this, it just it gets worse and worse. Uh, it makes the podcast. Hey, but back oh. to the good the sportsmanship. Yeah, please. Uh, so I promoted it as as all the years that I was there and uh, 
you know, I had things on the walls and everywhere, and anybody came in my organization would see, hey, that they're uh, uh, promoting respect, responsibility, uh, perseverance. This is what we're all about. So, and I had the idea that you know we should we should have. I looked it up, and we should have a, a, a month for the state of Maryland that just focuses on good sportsmanship. And I looked it up, looked it up, and I found I, I didn't see any state in the country that saw that had a sportsmanship month. So I was trying to get uh, Maryland to be the first uh, state in the in the country to be. Uh, to have a good sportsmanship month. And uh, I went up and testified in our state house in Annapolis three years in a row. And unfortunately, each year, the first year, uh, it was, you know, we, I asked for the month of February. And it was, well, I mean, we, it's, it's Black History Month. We, we don't want to do that. We don't want to take it away from Black History. I'm like, okay, do this, do this, and come back. Came back, and they said, hey, you know, we got so many. Uh, we don't want to uh, do any more uh, uh, you know, sportsmanship months, uh, months uh, recognition right now. And the third month, we also lost. So as I'm walking out the door uh, a year later, uh, the, uh, the governor of Maryland, Governor Hogan, uh, signs the uh, pro- uh, proclamation uh, making uh, March, this past March, March 2020, Good Sportsmanship Month in Maryland. So I feel like it was all worth it. Even that's though quite I just a, left. <laughs> that's quite an accomplishment, and your core stick to itiveness. That, that's how you get legislation. You can't give you have up. To go back. Yep. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. You gotta be persistent. Same way in basketball. You gotta be persistent. Absolutely. Hey, you know some things you're working on personally as well. Uh, you said you're. I think you're working on a book or two. Is that right? Yes. Well, I I, I wanted it to be two books. Um, one was going to be about me, actually, Sean, you know, things that Sean was talking about, growing up on the eastern shore of Maryland, um, going to college, uh, after high school, going to college, and, you know, moving away and, and testing the waters there, and then finally coming back to where I grew up. That was going to be in the, uh, the end of the first book. My second book was going to be uh, me starting my, uh, my journey in the town of Ocean City uh, um, in 1980. And uh, how it was then, like a then and now book, and how it was when I finished in 2019, and then all the uh, funny and crazy stories I have in between. So those are my two books. But I've had people look at it, you know, and they you know, you need to just make do one book. So that's where I'm at right now. I'm working on one book. Okay. Do you have, do you have a do you have a working title for it? Right now, the working title is. Uh, uh, Define expectations. Nice. Okay, so we got to keep an eye out for that, and I'm sure you got to let us know when that goes public. Okay. Oh yes, I will. All right. You also have a podcast, is that correct? Yes, I've started a podcast. Uh, something I uh, uh, have really loved doing, uh, listening at the stories of uh, athletes from across the country, uh, recreation directors, a profession that I was in uh, from uh, throughout the nation, and and uh, focusing on uh, certifications and uh, uh, their programs that they do certifications and good sportsmanship again. And also uh, part of it is um, uh, talking with uh, amusement and uh, and, uh, attractions in the town of Ocean City uh, to see how uh, youth uh, tournaments and events and uh, benefit their uh, business and um, uh, have uh, 
what that economic impact they think it has on the on the city. Okay, what's the name of your podcast, and where can we find it? Uh, the name is uh, Hondo Handy's Podcast, and you can find it all over. You know, Apple. You know, you can find it all all the podcasts. Good. Okay. He global, Sherm. He global. Yeah, I know. I know. Um, hey, I gotta ask. I think eight or nine different podcasts. Yeah. Good, good. You got a lot of across a lot of platforms. Where did the name Hondo come from? Is it a play off your last name or is it a nickname from something? Well, um, it came from uh, I was in high school and I uh, tell my age now, which I guess I already did with y'all. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I like the Boston Celtics uh, oh, okay. player. His name was John Hondo Havlicek. Okay. And, uh, of course, I was playing basketball at the time, and I would come in and practice, and, you know, I'd come in and say, hey, man, look, did you see Hondo last night? He was all over the court. I love the way he plays, man. You know, and they see, I'm sick every day you come in and you talk about Hondo. Uh, you know, if you don't stop, we're going to start calling you Hondo. Got but it. I never stopped, and they, they started calling me Hondo, and it lasted all the way through high school and college and my professional career. Okay, so I gotta ask you're you're a Boston Celtics fan? I'm a I'm a John Hondo Havlicek fan. Okay, all right, that's different. I'll give you that. I'll give you a pass there because because it should be, you know, going back to that era, it should be the Washington Bullets, right? Well, I, yeah, Washington Bullets was there with when they played, but I I love Hondo, but um yeah, the Washington Bullets would have been the team. Yeah, I think they were less led by Wes Unseld and a bunch of other great uh, greats that played in that era. Boy, I remember that. <laughs> yeah, I actually have. Uh, God, I actually have a photo of um, uh, Muggsy Bogues when they were in Lago, Maryland. Muggsy Bogues was on that team. Oh my goodness, that's Mug- right. I have a picture of Muggsy when he was with the Bullets. Thirty years later, I have a picture of Muggsy at the ACC basketball tournament when I was there with Clemson and. Uh, we were both standing each, beside each other. Y'all about the same height, Hondo. Well, yeah, that's funny. I got it hanging up over here. That one picture shows that Muggsy is taller than me. <laughs> Must have been the angle of the, of the photograph. 30 years later, the picture shows me taller than Muggsy. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Yeah, you know. I'm looking at the list of celebrities that you've had the chance to meet along the way. And obviously some of the prominent in the Northwest, like Brooks Robinson, that's a little closer to my heart. I'm a baseball guy, Harold Baines. But you've met, uh, to name just a few, John Elway, Magic Johnson, Muggsy Bogues, Dale uh, Dale Curry, um, Arch Shell, wow, Sam Perlazzo, Michael Steele, Lefty Drizel, who coached my favorite basketball player of all time, Lenny Bias at uh, University of Maryland. Yeah, It's a short story about uh, Lefty. Well, yeah. You know, I just mentioned Oliver Pennell and Clemson mm-hmm. um, and Flower Street, where we started. Yeah, yeah. Oliver, Oliver Pennell became Lefty Giselle's assistant. And Oliver was there when Lynn Bias passed away. Oh, goodness. He was there when Lenny passed away. Now, I know, and you know, Lefty, uh, but before I left the rec center, one Saturday afternoon when the gym Ravens was closed, well, I, I almost hated going there because I know if some of the kids see me, they want to go in the gym even though it's closed. So I opened the door, and as soon as I opened the door, 10 kids come running. Come, let's play, let's play. I said, all right, I'm only going to be here five minutes, man. Said, we'll take it, five minutes, we'll take it. I gave him a ball, went in my office, and 
you know, my five minutes was up, and I was coming out, and somebody else was banging on the door. I said, oh, my God. I don't even want them to see me. So, I was, well, I got to tell them we're closed. I go to the door, and it's Lefty Giselle and his son, Chuck. And I said, hey, uh, well, he, he knew us, too, because he has a place in Fenner. I look, can we come in and shoot for a few minutes? I said, yeah, come on in. So I let him come in, and they went down the other end, and I called all the kids. I said, hey, guys, come on over. Come on over real quick. I said, yeah, what is it, Honda? I said, uh, is he you ready to leave? I said, no, I'm not going to leave. But we have Lefty Dressel. He, he was a University of Maryland coach. Said, you, uh, you guys want me to get some autographs from you? And they're like, uh, come on, Honda. Give my ball back, man. We only got like five minutes. And you take a bunch of that time. <laughs> I the autographs that went to the ball. That's great. They didn't care about Lefty. They didn't know he was. That's funny. <laughs> but that oh was a, a quick story about Lefty. But, yeah, yeah. I've met a lot of people. Um, Magic in San Diego. Mm-hmm, Emic mm-hmm. in Denver, I believe. Yeah, Emmett and, Smith. Uh, Emmett Smith, yes. Uh, and Dow Curry and Muggsy down in uh, Charlotte. And, yep. Gary Williams, who succeeded Le- uh, Lefty Drizel, I believe, at uh, at University of did. Maryland. Yep. Gary Williams did. He did. Won a championship 2003, if I'm not mistaken. He did. Yeah, he 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 met uh, Sean Harris in Berlin too. Hmm. Wow. Yeah, you know that you know that guy that beats you every day on this podcast. Oh my God, I'm a legend <laughs> in this field. I'm a legend in this field. Oh, man, right. man. <laughs> I'm gonna. I got a plot. I'm gonna have to come up with something big, and I'm gonna have to get well, a lot of listen, people involved. Hey, you failed miserably early. I told you I had a little game in the in the bag. I told you that. Yeah, okay. He wanted the game to see recognizes any game, athletic I ability. Well, when are we playing our one on one? You know, he challenged me to a one on one game, Hondo. Hondo, you know what? Here's the deal, Hondo. This is what we're gonna do, and I'm gonna put my word on it. When I do actually play Shermet, Hondo, I'm gonna invite you out, and you're gonna be our official ref. Right. I'm gonna be the ref. So, so, okay. Yeah. Yeah, because you taught me the game, and when I punish this dude, mm-hmm. I want you to be there and witness. Okay? Okay? So, so, you know, and then and then what we can do is take a picture and hang that up for the next 30 years. Mm-hmm. Okay, Are, are we All running right? full court or half court? I know what you're going to say. Um, you know what? Here's the deal. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I, I know the little cheap shot you're trying to put in there, right, with my cardio. That's what he's trying to do. He's trying to, he's trying hey, to I think I'm older than you, cardio. aren't I? I'm, so, I'm pretty sure. So here's the deal. Um, the diet starts today. Since he's already <laughs> went straight into my cardio, Hondo, the diet starts today. So I'm going to make sure, you know, I'm going to be on the protein shakes today and, and you know, tell it's time for us to go. So I'm going to be game ready. Mm. Whatever you want to do, Sherm. Whatever you want to do. Right. Bring it. Bring it. I, I, I'm ready I, now. I think you guys should do, do half court. I had a kid that uh, asked me to play him one-on-one. And I said, okay, you know, it was nobody in the gymnasium. And um, I took my little shot and missed. He grabbed the rebound, and I walked, you know, towards the basket to turn around and play this defense. And he was at the other end of the court. (laughs) What are you doing? Hey, that sounds like something the Sherm Dog would do. This is your court. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's something the Sherm Dog would do. I'm sure that we got video of him shooting in the wrong basket and playing basketball. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> now, 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 what I will tell you, Hondo, is that Sherm Dog is the man when it comes to the baseball diamond. You know, so hey, he I, I, saw, I, saw this, it, I saw that school record. Yeah, it, yeah, he, you know, won the World Series. You know, uh, with, with his college team with Arizona. You know, got drafted. He is the epitome of hard work and determination when it comes to the diamond. Mm. But on that hardwood. 
On that hardwood though, okay. He don't got nothing going on on that hardwood though. Well, you know that's that's and that's the problem. He challenged me in the wrong area. No, 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 no. You challenged, challenged me. me. I didn't bring up. The... No, I felt it coming out of you, sir. Okay. So I just smashed. Hey, let's it when put. It a, came out. I tell you what. That's what we let's, do. Let's put a little incentive in there on this game. Oh, now you need incentives. I don't. Now you need incentives. I don't. I'm, I'm trying to motivate. I love the game, sir. Okay. That's my only incentive. All right. Okay. <laughs> I love. The, I love the game. Okay. You see what I have now, to if deal you don't with? Love the game. Don't don't get on the court. I got to deal with because this all I'm the here time. to punish you. Okay. <laughs> I you know what? As I said, you name the time and the place. I'll be there. I want to. Let's go. Well, can we? What are you doing later today? Let's go shoot. Hey, here's the let's deal. go run. Um, and don't use co- don't, wanna, don't use coronavirus. Don't, ad, don't use COVID nineteen as an excuse. You don't, you don't want those. problems. There's a half court and, and, and on our new campus. To, a half court on our old campus. Hey, I'll drive to Temecula to play you in your backyard. Do not try to shame me for actually listening to our governor. I'm one. I'm a great citizen. <laughs> okay. okay, because I want to listen to the governor and be a great citizen. Don't try to shame me. All right. But when we are out of this phase, you will get it. And guess what? We're going to invite you know as our honorary guest. Absolutely. Right? We're going to invite you, Hondo, to to be a part of this game and, and to see it. You haven't seen these palm trees on this side up in Orange County. I know you've seen them in San Diego, but we do a little different in the OC. And then. All, we're going to invite you to a nice restaurant dinner afterwards. And Sherm, who will be the loser, will have to toast on our behalf. I w- so, you know, I can't wait for this to go down. I will, hap- I will happily toast if I lose. But I'm telling you, oh, it ain't, it ain't happening. Not I'm not losing. If you lose, it's when you not lose. Not happening. Okay. Not happening. Here's the deal. The you deal. might, you know, you know what? Me, you might, you're going to have to body me up because right now. Oh, oh, you getting body. I, 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 I thought you knew that. I don't, I mean, I don't think you can beat body. me. I, you, I don't think you, you can know? beat me. So we got this nice, we got this nice gym. And, I got bigger ups and, than you think. I can't wait oh, to show it off. Oh, did you jump jitters back in the day? I jumped center. I jumped center as a freshman in high school. Ditches. Jumping okay. ditches. That's that's got, distance. Country that's ups. distance. That's country not ups. up. You got to. What are you talking about? You got to jump distance, not up. I got country up. Okay. Now, now here's the deal. <laughs> you know, hey, you know, I'm sorry, Hondo. You had to witness this. Oh, we no really, problem. really appreciate you being I love a great guest for us today. There's so many things that you have impacted to our communities and, and our youth and our coaches who actually are, you know, sometimes the father figures of a lot of athletes that come through, as we mentioned before. You know, is there anything in closing you want to leave our listeners with today? Well, um, I'm happy, happy to have been invited to your podcast. Uh, you know, um, athletes uh, are um, people that uh, that bring people together. So I hope that your uh, your uh, your college gets all your league leagues and teams together because it's a bad time for the country. Um, uh, it's a bad time for recreation centers. It's a bad time for AAU programs. It's a bad time for football. All these these programs being canceled, um, you know, I still think uh, um, it's, you know, sports is near and dear to my heart, so uh, the National Alliance for Youth Sports is a program that we're working on right now while we're not playing to get everybody uh, ready and, and for for youth when they when they come back. But it's been an honor to be on your your podcast. Uh, yeah, I've done a lot of things, but now I'm enjoying myself. So thank you for for having me on. 
Well, it's our pleasure. We look forward to, we, will you come back another time? Sure, sure. Okay. No All right, I, got, I got to ask you one last question. Okay. Okay. And I, I think you know this already. Okay. What is the state sport of Maryland? Uh, it's lacrosse. Which is, that, I think. That's the team sport, right. What's right. the individual sport? Uh, jousting. Look at that. Look at that, Sean Harris. He knows the individual hey, he's sport. He's a legend. He's a legend. How does he know? How do you know jousting? That's unbelievable. Because he probably did the legislation to have it as a sport. <laughs> Let's be honest. Sports. Okay, he's been at this thing for 40 years. Yeah. Uh, okay. I was still in diapers, man. I was in diapers. <laughs> Matter of fact, I was just running around looking for a binky. I didn't even know where my, my binky was at that time frame. But listen, hey, I appreciate you doing it for us, Hondo. Way to represent for us. Thank you for, for having me on again. Uh, you know, I, I'm all about the youth. So uh, anytime you, you would like to have, come back, I, I'll certainly be willing to do it. All right. Hey, thank you very much for joining us today. Ladies and gentlemen, once again, that's Al Hondo Handy. And uh, keep an eye out. We'll try to get him back another time. Hondo, great, great to have you. Take care of yourself. We'll talk again soon. Uh, you too, guys. Thank you. Stay safe. All right. Keep smiling. Keep smiling, guys. Okay. <laughs> Appreciate it. Bye-bye. Bye. And we'd like to thank you for joining us for our podcast today. That is Building Greatness, The Warrior Way, a Westcliff University Athletics podcast. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you download your podcast, and please leave a positive review on Apple Podcasts. It helps us get the word out about Westcliff Athletics, and we thank you for your support. I would like to thank my co-host, our Dean of Athletics, Sean Harris. Yeah, yeah. And our special guest today, Mr. Al Hondo Handy, as well as the man who makes us sound good. As always, that is our sound engineer, Brandon Peterson. Thank you, Brandon. I am Sherm Dog. Thanks for listening today and keep an eye out for podcasts Bobbing coming up. On the west side, cause it's why I, stay. I just made a thousand, blew it in your face. I've been going in, uh, I'ma close the chase. I can't wait no more, man, I gotta blow the day. Bobbing on the west side, cause it's why I stay. I just made a thousand, blew it in your face. I've been going in, uh, I'ma close the chase. I can't wait no more, man, I gotta blow the day. I've been caring about the race I've been trying to eat I need more than just a taste Now they trying to talk Who know they should know their place Man, I'm ballin' This ain't cap, baby Now I feel like callin' From the pole, but I got it